0: It's a nice thing for teachers to be able to do and, and many students are not used to it. It's normally a one-way flow of information coming towards them, and they don't really know or have a feeling of why am I using, learning this. This gives an answer of why.
1: Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. So welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, I am super excited because we get to have conversations about innovations that are happening um, in the world of education. And today we are going to be talking about a program called Little Inventors, which is a creative education organization that inspires imagination by taking young people's amazing ideas seriously. And we're going to see what that's all about. And joining us today for this conversation are a couple of guests who've been been heavily involved um, in this work. First up, we have Dominic Wilcox, um, who is a British artist and designer who creates innovative and thought-provoking work that is shown in galleries and museums across the world. His inventive work includes GPS shoes that guide the wearer to their destination. we got to talk more about that uh, because how cool is that? A stained glass driverless sleeper car um, of the future and tiny sculptures balanced on the hands of watches. Dominic is also the founder of The Little Inventors. So, Dominic, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Excellent, excellent. And joining Dominic is Mark Muzzin, who is a K-12 STEM consultant for the Macomb Intermediate School District, which I believe is in Michigan. Is that correct? That's correct. It is indeed, he says. Okay. And Mark loves to develop new um, initiatives and collaborate and leverage his experience to empower others. So, Mark, welcome to the program as well.
2: Thank you. Glad to
1: excellent. Be here. So, I want to get started. Dominic, share with us a little bit about the the reason the why so why, why little inventors and quite frankly why you
0: yeah so I don't I originally don't come from the world of education as 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 you said in your your description of me I, I am a creative person who thinks of ideas looks around at the world. And tries to think of something surprising or thought provoking. Mm-hmm. And actually, the reason why this whole thing started is I was inv- invited to a, a creative education event, and it was there's an organisation called STEAM Co in the UK, and they invited me along, and they said there's going to be a hundred children coming into this room. And there were tables around the edge of the room. And on each table was a person doing a creative workshop, making something or drawing something. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, he's a table. What are you going to what do you want to do, Dominic? (laughs) And so I got some sheets of paper and I drew some picture frames with my invention on the top. And then I put some of my drawings, some of which you can see behind, Mm -hmm. of sort of uh, funny invention ideas, I put them on the wall. And then the children all came into the room and about 20 over the course of an hour or so came up to my um, table. And I said, here's some of my ideas. Do you want to be an inventor? And they all say, yeah, I want to be an inventor. And I said, well, draw your inventions. And I remember there was an 11-year-old girl drew half sleeping pill, so you could send mm. this side of your head asleep while you could keep on working with the other side. <laughs> and the other, a little boy about five, came up with some. It, it was a, it was a, it was an inbuilt camera where when when you smile, it takes a photograph. And anyway, there were some really interesting ideas that mm. I thought were a little bit like the ideas I'd seen on design degree level um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. work. And I thought at that point, wouldn't it be interesting to take seriously some of these, some of these ideas? And that's where it started. And then I got a commission to do something with the local community mm-hmm. to engage them in creativity. And I decided to pitch this idea, and we ran this idea in my hometown, which is in the northeast of England, uh, in Sunderland, it's called, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was a, it went viral. We got, we, I did 19 workshops in two weeks, collected 600 invention ideas, drawings, bonkers, crazy ones, and practical ones, all are welcome, because this is about creative thinking, and and then we i contacted local makers manufacturers to bring to life those ideas and we had a big exhibition in an empty shop on the <laughs> high street and i put it on the internet and it went viral and yeah and that's how it sort of started it was meant to be a one off three-month project, just like my GPS shoes or my mm-hmm. car, or mm-hmm. but actually it caught on and I started to get emails from people. So we decided to start Little Inventors. Mm-hmm.
1: So created an organization out of an mm-hmm. idea that was was a lot of fun getting started. And I'm actually not surprised, Dominique, to hear how how much of a response you 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 got from this experience? And certainly, what we see in my organization, the Past Foundation, is anytime we let kids be creative, we we honor whatever they've got going on and the ideas, and we give them that opportunity to really be hands-on and applied, sort of you know, in whatever that happens to be. The kids are jazz because they can see themselves in whatever it is that's happening. So I'm not surprised actually that this um, has run sort of wild, and you know, congratulations for that because that's super cool. Cool. Mark, I want to I follow up with you a little bit. So, so I assume at some point you, you or your school district or help us understand. So how did you and Dominic and the little inventors get connected? And what does that then look like in your application of this program?
2: Sure. So at the uh, MISD, we serve 21 school districts in the county, and we do a lot of the professional development and, and things like that. And I joined uh, this team here right before uh, COVID in January of 2020. And, you know, a lot of my career, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of great mentors along the way. And, you know, the, they always were very much, I would engineers on there, and they gave themselves permission to fail. And the mm-hmm. best ones gave kids permission to fail and mm-hmm. said, hey, like, what don't I learn from that? And some of the, the very best mentors I had were actually kids just watching them. And we started coming to me and say, "Hey, fix this," and I'd fix and fix this, and we'd go through and fix everything for them. Like we're doing all the learning. I just happen to watch a student actually do some of the fixing. So we kind of started flipping the way we were teaching and said, "Let's bring that idea to kids. Give them permission to be creative. Give them permission to fail." And you and you do that through student agency mm-hmm. through giving them the choice, like we're saying, that create that creativity. And so when I joined here, I was looking for opportunities to drive down those learning opportunities to the younger ages because they typically don't get a lot of science and STEM experiences. Mm-hmm. And this is a great, easy lift for teachers. One of the few that I think, Dominic, and, and you can clarify, I guess, that we have direct access to teachers as far as their challenge. I think that's what's really unique about our partnership here. But that's that's kind of our goal is to get kids to get that sense of agency and to, and to drive that down. I've always had in the past where if you... Um, if you try to teach someone to swim when they're in high school, a senior in high school, and they don't mm-hmm. want to swim, they're going to be deathly afraid of it. They're not mm-hmm. going to say it like, oh, I'm not going to do this. Right. And I think it's, we need all these people in STEM. We need people in creative industries. They keep saying it over and over again, but we, we have to get it to, in kids' hands when they're younger and give teachers permission to, mm-hmm. to try this out. And I think this is a really unbelievable program, and the feedback we had has been, has been fantastic.
1: And what, what age group, just for, for clarity, because it, it is little inventors, you know, in the, in the name of the program. So what are we talking about, Mark, in your your application, in your school? What, what age group are you utilizing this program?
2: Yeah, thanks uh, Claire, for the clarifying question. So we're working with fourth grade students, okay. so 9, 10-year-olds, and mm-hmm. we're, we're targeting that range. The range is larger when Dominic runs these larger challenges, mm-hmm. I understand it. We wanted to make an annual challenge of uh, fourth grade. And right now we've got nine districts uh, involved and almost 800 students and 30 teachers. So we doubled everything from last year. We've had two makers the first year, and then we have five makers this year. So the companies are also really enjoying it. And the two companies that did it last year are coming back on board. And I think that really speaks highly of what Dominic put together in his team. Mm -hmm. And I can't speak highly enough about Working with them and, and how they're able to kind of uh, adapt to the curriculum and meet and meet our specific needs—it's very um, custom in that sense. So. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. All right, so Dominic, let's drill down on that a little bit because I—I I have no doubt whatsoever. I can see the wheels turning on the folks that are listening to the program. They're like, "That's super cool." So, how does that interaction work? Because I assume that you know, as you're tailoring or doing specific work for for marks, mark schools, and all those districts that are participating, that that's a common thing that happens across sort of the ecosystem um, of the program and your work. But I would also assume that there's, there's carryover, that the work that's happening in the schools influences what you and your team are doing and the way you're iterating the program itself. So talk with us a little bit about that component, the way those partnerships work, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, we partner with with schools, but we also partner with museums Mm -hmm. or any organisation that has a large group of children, uh, young people. And so each challenge we set is on a specific uh, subject. For example, the MISD challenge is about space and the Artemis project, which is about Mm -hmm. living on the moon. But we also worked with a, a big science project, a, a, a world uh, international science project called the Human Cell Atlas, mapping all of the cells in the human body. And that's working with scientists. Mm-hmm. So, and, we, and really the project is a huge example of collaboration. And so each side, <laughs> the, the adults who have the skills and the young people have that, who have that free imagination mm-hmm. and the teachers who know how to communicate with their class of children all, all adapt what we do in their own way, in a way. We're not, we're not very rigid on how you use our resources that we create and we mm-hmm. create the PDFs and the PowerPoints and the videos and, and all of that, but it's really flexible. So I think it's a sort of uh, we're learning from the teachers who are learning from the children who are learning from the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And it's a sort of ongoing process in that way.
1: Yeah, and 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 one that I would assume means that the program is constantly having sort of this influx and influence of the things that are needed right now from the manufacturer side. What's the work that their their industry, what they're they're engaged in, you know, partnered with that creativity that kids have? Because one of the things that you said early on, I think, that's super important. Uh, just to reiterate, is the fact that you know kids, and we certainly see this at Pass. We we believe that every kid that walks through the door is capable of solving the world's greatest problems, in part because they are so creative. They are unfettered by journey's life and the experiences of formalized education that says content and progression runs in a, in a particular linear fashion. Kids don't think that way, especially not, not not in those early stages where they haven't, you know, got into a space that constrains them. And I think that what we see certainly is that because kids don't know or don't understand the physics of their idea don't work, it doesn't make any difference. Because the creativity around the idea might be the seed that leads to the next great solution. So how do you how do you help how do you help schools that are struggling? One of the things that that Mark mentioned was, you know, we wanted to shake things up a bit. That and I hear that frequently about innovative programs or or, or curriculum or instructional folks coming into schools as they find this thing that really gets them jazzed, and we want to shake things up. And yet, shaking things up is not always that easy. So, so Dominic, how does how does the the work of your program? How do you feel like it sort of drives that that sort of change?
0: Yeah, I think we do a lot of the work, such as the design and the visual communication mm-hmm. of these resources. We, speak, we, you know, we're experts in that. Right. I come from design world, yeah. professional world, and so we're treating this project as we would an adult, you know, any other professional project. And so the resources we we create, and Mark can talk about that, really help anyone who's a teacher to inspire their children their young people more easily than if they were just well if they were told well this is the project over to you you do it in your way I think we really bring a, a new we breathe a life into this these challenges and with animation mm-hmm. illustration it's very fun so there's a big I put a big, we put a big focus on fun mm-hmm. and delight. Mm-hmm. So we're not just looking for ideas that are practical and helpful, although they are important, but we're also interested in funny ideas, mm-hmm. you know, like this water, this uh, yeah. waterfall umbrella, you know. So uh, delightful ideas are welcome, which means we welcome the practical, logical thinkers, the scientific thinkers, but also the creative artistic thinkers and they all come together in Mm -hmm. this so I think it's a project that's very easy for teachers to use with whatever you know whatever subject matters they're working on you can always bring to life the subject of geography or history um, or science Mm -hmm. with a challenge that says okay you have learned this information, we, we, I've, I've t- taught you this information, now understand the information, and okay, now what are you going to do with it? So it's putting, the, you, you need to be a proactive student all of a sudden. You need to use that knowledge to combine with your creative thinking ability and then produce something to give back. And I think that's a, it's a, nice, it's a nice thing for teachers to be able to do. And, and many students are not used to it. Mm-hmm. It's normally a one-way flow yeah. of information coming towards them. And they don't really know or have a feeling of why am I using right. learning this. Mm-hmm. This gives mm-hmm. an answer of why. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And the why is critically important. And when you engage kids in the why, they'll buy in with you, right? And we see that all the time as well. I agree with that. Mark, I'm super curious, you know, sort of from your perspective, how do you get, I mean, clear, clearly, clearly. You know the scale from the first year to the second year. It's been super, super successful. So we'll, we'll start by acknowledging that that it's working. But my, my my curiosity or query here is really around how did you get the buy-in necessary to 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 not just get the program off and going, but to get it to, so that it could come back, right? I mean, because that is always one of the big things. There are initiatives that are thrown at schools, or new ideas, or new things all the time. It's on this ongoing rolling cycle, and longtime educators. Uh, talk about it frequently and about the problems associated with that. But there are really, really amazing programs out there that are worth not only starting, trying, but keeping for the long term. So how do you, let's talk about that and then we'll dig into a little bit of the curriculum as Dominic suggested. So talk to us first about actually getting the buy-in necessary to do this work.
2: Sure. So I think a lot of it is just analyzing the different needs. So companies have needs. We've got CTE needs. And so that's so far out in the future. Mm -hmm. These are our little kids, but kind of matching that. And and I think, you know, for all the teachers out there listening, just, you know, the last two years have been really tough. So thank Mm -hmm. you for all Mm -hmm. the work that you're doing to acknowledge that. And we try to make this an easy lift for teachers to say, hey, we're doing a pilot. This is, it's going to be completely unique mm-hmm. and you're going to love it. And we kind of, we, we went through and Dominic and his team, we, we talked it through and we kind of believe that, yeah, this is actually going to be great. And then once you, once you kind of get that first year going, uh, the companies loved it. We had one of the schools that was on quarantine and the teachers told us, they said, this is the only activity that all of their kids had their cameras on. Hmm. Because when is invention day? I want to show you my invention. And yeah. if you can do that, that's a win. And who's yeah. going to turn that down? And, right. and it, you know, I was try to, like Dominic was saying, like, let's make it delightful and fun of um, building these things. If you can think about things to say, hey, I want to build something great for one child, every child stands to benefit from that. And you yeah. just kind of scale it up from there. And so we kind of, that's, that was kind of the idea. There was a lot of needs there. And we had some, there's a MI STEM network. It's a Michigan network where there's mm-hmm. 16 regions. We're, we're one of the regions in Macomb County. Uh, there's grant money that was there for us to use, and that certainly helped kind of get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, anybody that we talked to was like, "This is great, we love it." In fact, one of the companies just recently received uh, that worked with us last year. They highlighted Little Inventors' work in an award that they got for community oh, service.
1: That's awesome, and,
2: and yeah. that's really rare to say. Mm-hmm. Hey, how are we getting companies? They're usually working with high school kids because they want mm-hmm. to get jobs and yeah. and interns and things like that. And they're saying, "Hey, we're working with these fourth graders," and we loved it, and mm-hmm. and, and it was pretty pretty amazing. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And so let's let's talk a little bit then about the curriculum itself. So so you bring the program in, but I, I kinda wanna get into a little bit of nuts and bolts. And Mark, you can start off and Dominic feel free to to pick up you know on this this question because this is one of the things that I know the listeners are 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 thinking about you know they're hearing oh this is amazing so you know the the we 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 engage with little inventors and then then what happens you know from the sort of the the teaching sort of perspective and launching the challenge and the curriculum help us understand sort of what is it that you get and how do you know how to use it. You know, it's all those sort of typical questions that people have.
2: So This is somewhat connected to the previous question. So originally, we borrowed some of the curriculum because Dominic and they're great about keeping everything open source. Mm -hmm. So we just borrowed some of the oceans curriculum and and connected it to Michigan Watershed. So that was an easy transition to say, let's just kind of test this out. Mm-hmm. And then this year we're building it off the Artemis uh, program mm-hmm. and we've got a lot of manufacturers in space here, but it has equity built in. It's going to send the first uh, female and the first person of color to the moon. And this is the Artemis generation. As these kids get older, mm-hmm. like, oh, I learned about this. So mm-hmm. we want to make something relevant. Dominic team always has the advice of, hey, build it around something that's unique around your community. So we wanted to kind of build it on this fun, delightful kind of Space it's really novel and interesting, but we just kind of go back and forth. We list the standards that we want in there. They kind of develop the curriculum, and I absolutely love that it's so kid friendly. So if you mm-hmm. look at any of the videos that they create, any of the the diagrams they create that we put together a binder for the students to kind of go through an invention log, we call it. Mm-hmm. It's you can tell it's made for kids. This isn't mm-hmm. made for adults; it's made for kids. And we put this together in a really fun, easily usable format that teachers can kind of use. So it's a very easy lift. Right now, teachers mm-hmm. are stressed. There's not a lot of times that we're hearing. And so we said, hey, how do we make this so there's a nice cadence to the program so teachers can kind of basically plug and play and turn it over to their students. And then on the back end, um, once that curriculum is developed, we do a training and and Dominic jumps in. He can talk a little about it. It's a great, you know, think like a child, which I think Mm -hmm. is fantastic. And, you know, we kind of we we go through that and we just set the teachers loose. Everything is there on the website. That they can use. It's open source. We limit the contestants to Macomb County that are participating, but they just do a fantastic job making this very user friendly for teachers.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So, so, so Dominic, what's what's your team's take on that piece of the process? Because it sounds like, and I just for for clarity for our listeners, there's elements that are free and open source. You don't even have to formally engage with um, Little Inventors, but then there's opportunity to have a formal engagement, and and obviously there's more that happens with that. So help us understand sort of the synergies between those two sort of approaches.
0: Yes. Well, uh, we have a website, Mm littleinventors.org. And on that website is a gallery now of about 18,000 children's invention ideas uploaded. (laughs) And that's for for free. And we actually have a little team of moderators to write positive feedback for each of the uploaded ideas. Aww. And of course because confidence is very important yeah. to creativity, you know, being creative mm-hmm. is a confident act. And so yeah, so we give that that little feedback, great idea, what have you thought about this. Um and also we have a section which is for downloadable creative challenges, creative resources. So every time we do a challenge, we we put it on our website mm-hmm. for free. And we also have things like, for example, with the um, COVID issue, obviously we had to change and adapt and we, did, we went online more so. Mm-hmm. So we created an area on our website which is called mini challenges, which are mm-hmm. very simple one lines. I think the very first one we posted which was at the very beginning of COVID was invent something to keep two meters apart from someone else mm-hmm. and that that went viral actually we got like 300 <laughs> retweets and you know it really caught the imagination and then yeah the next one was uh, invent something to give a hug to someone else from a distance and so and actually we're now up to 350 or something so the, the, there's lots of little resources mm-hmm for free to use that are on the website. We also have the books that we've mm-hmm. got out, which are great. But then if um, an organization, a group of schools, a school board, a museum, wants to wants to work with us to create uh, a challenge on a specific subject matter that okay. they might mm-hmm. be working mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. we then develop a presentation, so the PowerPoint, the video, the, the PDFs, and everything you need, based around that subject matter. And that's what—that's the work that we do. That we then disseminate that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the different schools. Who then the teachers run the workshops that has already been planned in the teacher guide, how to do it, mm-hmm. play this video, do this, you know. And then each teacher adapts it, <clears throat> adapts it in the way they want. So the process is sort of like a, a waterfall, a yeah. trickle down uh, approach, where we can focus on creating really engaging fun well-designed resources and then the teachers can do their thing with it right but, but yes and normally the challenges last about three months okay but we have done a full year one mm-hmm. all sorts of subjects food waste the oceans I I think any subject matter can be transformed into a invention challenge, and that's what mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I absolutely would agree with that 100%, and I'm thrilled to hear you say that, that you're willing to tackle um, anything, and that anything can be be translated into to a, a program and an opportunity for kids to learn something while they're having a great time being engaged, and that, that, that's awesome. You know, I always like to, as I just sort of start to wrap um, the conversation, you know, recognize the fact that the journeys that the guests have had have always been they're they're always unique and they're interesting and they're they're part of the story that makes the program that we're inevitably talking about so so remarkable and and part of that is, is the surprises along the way so so mark I'm super curious you know as you implemented um, this program and you've, you've launched this partnership with little inventors I would assume that there are things that surprise you you know a kid's product something that you know a family um, said to you I'm, I'm super curious and then I'll toss the same question back to Dominic so he to think about it for a moment, and Mark, you're you're on the spot. So, so what is something that sort of has surprised you along the way in, in a great in a great way?
2: So, I guess there's a few. The first year that we ran that program, when Dominic did his, his training, and then we were we were talking with the teachers after. One of the teachers, and she was a teacher of the year in the county, really respectable teacher. She actually uh, cried a little bit, and she said, "I am so excited to do this project. Kids need this project. They mm-hmm. need something fun." And it it was almost like she was saying Dominic's words exactly, but it, she just felt such relief to be a part of this. And then, you know, the other side of it is a lot of my motivation with this project is it removes barriers to STEM. So we mm-hmm. we talk about that we have a lot of underrepresented people in STEM and these careers. And there's a great research paper. It's called Who Becomes an Inventor in America?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the, the the short version of it is that early exposure to innovation is key. And they're mm-hmm. saying elementary, third, fourth mm-hmm. grade is key to change trajectory and that confidence to kids. And one of the students that we had last year, she had the, was uh, made real. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: so we had a company that builds parts for stealth aircraft. They actually took her idea and built it and made a a working prototype out of this uh, puffer sub. And I talked with a mom. I said, hey, well, how's it been? Because well, the school district, uh, she presented at the school board, and they gave her an innovation award. And she said she now wants to join STEAM classes when she gets in, and she wants to join robotics clubs. And that's Yay. what we're looking for because then <laughs> these are cascading events, right? Yeah. I can do this. I can build off this. And all the kids get to see the block. So we talk about this early exposure to innovation. They're all seeing this process it's messy. There's a little bit of failure involved. Mm-hmm. And then they get to see this end thing and that, yeah, your, your ideas do matter. And it's, it's pretty amazing. And the other student, she had the, the ocean snake of doom. And this child was extremely, extremely quiet. And, and these are Dominic's words, but he, in one of the trainings, he said, you know, a lot of kids are thinkers. He goes, I'm a thinker. And he goes, we don't know what they're thinking. This makes their thinking mm-hmm. visible. Mm-hmm. And this child was so introverted. And the teacher said, oh, she's such a hardworking student. When I showed her the ocean snake of doom, we went to the school and presented it to her she grabbed that thing so tight and she held it almost <laughs> like she was going to crack. And and for a kid who's really quiet, we, we don't want you to show it to anybody. Somebody walked down the hallway and she bolted around the corner to be like, no, this is mine. And to kind of see that sense of ownership and pride and to see all that, those are life-changing events that we mm-hmm. can have. And, and a lot of kids benefit from that because of the blog. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's just fantastic. The partners have been been amazing. And, you know, and if, if we're not doing it for the kids and help elevate teachers and what's going on in the classroom, you know, I think I'm in the wrong field. So I think mm-hmm. it's great. And I'm so glad we found Little Inventors. And anyways, well, I could probably go on for a while. It's, those, it's those, are, those are
1: awesome, <laughs> awesome stories, right? And again, that's that's the reason I always ask that question because those surprises along the way, they 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 inspire people to say, I too can be part of, or I can do, right? In the same way that we want kids to believe that. So, so Dominic, same question to you. You know, awesome surprises along the way could, could you share a couple with us
0: well I think it's, it's surprising all every day you know when we see the ideas coming in I think that a little thing popped to mind when Mark was talking about I, we recently did a workshop and a teacher said that the that boy over there who's very engaged with this I I didn't know what he was like because he I didn't know the type of student he was mm-hmm. because he was very, he's been very, very quiet mm-hmm. through, throughout the year. And she thought that this project was a really good idea to do at the beginning of a year in order to see and reveal the personalities mm-hmm. of the children. So I think that that's one of the powers of creativity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it brings out a different sides that you wouldn't, you, you might not notice and the teacher might not realise that that child has a gift for drawing or communicating or actually has brilliant ideas. So I think actually the teachers themselves get surprised by doing this type of project, <laughs> seeing whatever. I think what's also interesting is, you know, looking at the demographics of the ideas we we get and the the girls and boys are very equal I would say, actually, sometimes the girls, sometimes, not every time, Mm -hmm. some brilliant boys, but, you know, the the quality of the ideas coming out of the girls can be very thoughtful, Mm -hmm. very empathetic ideas, and it's a a very well-balanced program. And I I think that it's great to get the children young, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but then the challenge is to carry it on into the 15, Mm -hmm. 16-year-old, where... You know, there is a divide becomes more so between the the males and the females in in those sort of certain areas. But certainly, you know, in in the age group we're talking about, it's perfectly equal. And, you know, that was great to see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We certainly see that that as well. So Mark has a has a quick follow up that he wants to add in. So go ahead. Yeah, uh,
2: thanks. One of the other stories that was pretty funny. I was a little nervous working with companies because it's new. and We're like, hey, can you spend all your time and money and build something for these kids and kind of do it at your cost? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, they just jumped on board. But when they we showed the final ones, one of the companies looked at the ocean snake of doom and they said, oh, they're like that paint job is awesome. And he goes, my guys are jealous. I've never seen. 50-year-old men so possessive over a puffer sub. And he said, they were like, we didn't get the airbrushers. And he goes, well, you didn't ask me. You know, The owner's telling him, well, you didn't ask me for this stuff. So they got really competitive, and they really enjoyed it. They loved, actually, this kind of blue-sky thinking. And it was uh, PTI Engineered Plastics and and JN Corp that that did that. And they were were amazing. And the other thing for any educators out there looking, the long-term goal for us is to kind of have the fourth-grade project but to get high schools as part of the makers, because they say bring right. it to life. It doesn't have to be a prototype. Mm-hmm. It can be a mm-hmm. rendering. So that's kind of in the works for us to say we get high school. And then we already have uh, two colleges on board this year as makers to get some of these CTE college, you know, courses to have them as makers mm-hmm. to build their portfolio and then have industry. So you have this nice organic kind of pipeline where they're all going to start engaging in, and around invention and building and get career exposure and things like that. So lots of potential in that area and very, very excited to kind of keep, keep growing it. So
1: Absolutely, and thank you for sharing that because you know I do hear that frequently from schools that you know it's one thing to implement program, it's another thing to engage with industry partners. It's not something that they're used to doing. So I appreciate you bringing that up because it is it it, it, it it's just sometimes that giant unknown. It can be scary. Do I pick up the phone? and you know Are they going to tell me no? And oftentimes, what we'll we'll certainly you know coach schools and teachers is just just give it a try, right? If the answer is no, you know there's there's a whole category. You know when you Google in your local community what's been a particular category, just go down the right? You know, somebody will eventually tell you yes, and it'll be an amazing experience, and everybody will have learned from it. So give it a try. So Dominic and Mark, thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to join us and to share the story of Little Inventors. And we will post resources on the website when we release the episode, and I certainly hope that you both hear from folks. So thank you so much today.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin, and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.